0: Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 162 with Brian Kibby, CEO of Modern Campus. So uh, if you're like me, then you've noticed they've been making a lot of moves and waves in the higher ed tech space, making some acquisitions, uh, and they're just doing great work. And Brian brings a lot of enthusiasm and optimism uh, for this space and provides some commentary on you know the latest trends and headlines of mergers and acquisitions between colleges and universities and uh, just the opportunities that are out there the tailwinds uh, and uh, the investments that should be made to benefit the student experience so uh, it was a very refreshing conversation just really appreciate brian's energy and all that he shared i uh, connect with him and everything that he mentioned in the show notes but uh, also housekeeping stuff make sure please if you haven't already please fill out our listener survey it's been super helpful to see folks filling that out and what they've been uh kind of informing me about the better to better shape uh, next year's season and uh, other collaborations and things that we do uh, in the future also check out the merch store great way to support the show and with all of that without further ado this is episode number 162 a bonus episode with brian kibbe All righty. We are here to continue conversations uh, with folks about kind of the big trends and major forces moving higher ed right now. So uh, we're keeping a broad focus on this one. I'm very excited to just kind of hear what's on our guest's mind. Uh, So we will just get into it here and start out as we always do. Uh, Brian, if you want to introduce yourself and give a brief overview of your professional background and how you got to be where you are today.
1: Hey, Dustin. Thanks for having me here today. I'm excited to be here. Let's have some fun. I've been in uh, post-secondary education my entire career. Most of my career was spent at two of the major education platform companies, Pearson and McGraw-Hill, where I was uh, head of sales for Pearson and also at McGraw-Hill, president of their higher education group. Some detours along the way with Newton, and I ran a a large transportation company for a couple of years. Other than that, post-secondary education has been my life and my love. I'm a product of the community college system. I'm also a veteran. I joined the Army at 17, went to community college the night while I was in the service, and then I went to state school at USA. I would like to say that the community college system in the United States is the best in the world, and for people like me, it represents just an incredible uh, second chance at, uh, in many ways, life, but also professional life. So uh, incredible value for Dollar, and I'm sure we'll touch on the community college system here.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely, because I think it is you know, I just see headlines about community college keep coming up. So I think there's like, you know, folks out there, you know, I'm sure you're, you're, you're one of them kind of just strong advocates for the value of the community college experience. And, you know, they do educate so many people. So I think like they're, they're relevant, their value, their importance, and, you know, they're, they're ones that are also kind of leading the way a lot with, um, so the, the free college, uh, sort of movement or kind of trend as it were. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that's a sort of a bigger picture here, uh, but um, so I know you uh, are currently at uh, Modern Campus, so they're definitely big players right now in the higher ed ecosystem, a lot of different ways. Um, and so, yeah, if we've had um, a guest on before for uh, that was from Modern Campus, so we'll definitely cite back to that episode. But if you want to just explain a bit really quickly what Modern Campus does just so folks have that context.
1: Sure. When, when we look at the higher education landscape today and the forces that are impacting higher education there are 4 million or more fewer students today than there were 13 years ago. Enrollments have dropped 13 years, if I'm not mistaken, straight. Um, many college universities outside of the elites, and we can, there's probably only about 100 elites in the United States. Everyone else has got to just figure it out. So when you have all these different forces, when you have the students, many students now questioning traditional higher education and going right into the workforce, but they're not questioning the need to upskill and the need for some form of post-secondary education. So when we look at many of those forces and, and other forces, um, what, we've, what we've done with Modern Campus is we're, we put together a platform that first works with our partners to help make them more competitive, because we all know that the 5,000 college universities in the United States and Canada in particular, they have a competitiveness issue and that we'll, we'll discuss here today. So the part of the platform we built is to help them become more competitive. Track more students. Help to make those students even more successful at their chosen institution. Help to make them deeply engaged, and then ultimately more active alumni in the end. So our platform helps to build that. And our platform is also really about how do we work with our partner universities to take the modern learner from learner to earner for life. And so we built that platform uh, for those those two primary reasons.
0: Yeah, and I feel like I just kind of keeping an eye on everything that's happening and seeing, you know which I feel like we're just, we keep teasing a lot of, I think what we're talking about today of like kind of mergers, acquisitions, you know, among colleges themselves. But, um, you know, you've been kind of playing in the space right now as well. So I think I'll, I'll sort of lead into that though, with like, you know, you're speaking to kind of, uh, you know, these current trends in higher red right now, there's, there's a lot of sort of, I think both kind of headwinds and tailwinds and just sort of uh, sort of disruptions and, you uh, you know, whatever kind of other synonyms we could use just for sort of, you know, we're entering in a very kind of ambiguous and uh, unpredictable time for higher ed, where there's definitely a lot of scrutiny and uh, just a lot of things like that. And like you said, you're working hard with your team to help institutions be more competitive. So, you know, the things that these institutions are trying to be more competitive on, like you mentioned that, but I think... You know, digging a little bit deeper right now, like what are you observing as some of the current trends in higher ed right now that are making it harder for institutions to be competitive with, you know, enrollment management, retention and all those sort of things.
1: Sure. I will start with the comment you made earlier about tailwinds. I'm of the mind that there's there's never been a more exciting time. I'm fifty-six years old, I got four kids, one just graduated from the University of Illinois, I've been in I've been to over nearly a thousand college universities all over the world. There has never been a better moment to be in post-secondary education. Never been. Um, All the different ways that we can serve the modern learner, all the different ways that we can help the modern learner become more competitive in the workforce. Um, So there's just never been a more rich and interesting time to be a part of the higher education community with with the right mindset. So you mentioned the the number of um, mergers and acquisitions that are going on in, in higher education, not just obviously in the commercial world, But within the higher education institutional community itself, um, I'm of the mind, it's great. It should should happen faster. It should have been happening faster. And there's just tremendous opportunity there. And I'm certainly not the first one, Ryan Craig, um, who I think is outstanding. We need more leaders who think like commercial leaders in higher education. Now, we all recognize that there's often this tension between the academy, right, getting an education for education's sake, and helping learners, the modern learner, get jobs, which for the most part, that's why they go to college, is to get a job. So the the and activity within the institu- inst- institutions themselves, it needs to go faster. And that should be exciting to that level of change should be really exciting to uh, the leaders within an institution, the faculty within institution and the students themselves, because that change will help our uh, higher education systems become more competitive. We'll be able to introduce more interesting course offerings in a more agile environment. So it really is an exciting time to be a part of the community. And, and I'm, I'm optimistic that we'll see more activity and not less.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, tried and true optimist. So I do like what to acknowledge. It's like, yeah, I think there is so much potential still and opportunities for, you know, like you said, just really impacting people's lives, changing their lives. And I mean, I, I uh, definitely reflect and felt that impact as well of where just like, you know, I found myself and my leadership style and, you know, my career choice in higher education through, you know, going to college and getting involved and wanting to kind of give back and, you know, knowing I always wanted to work in education, but then sort of being like, Oh no, like this is it. This is, this is how I want to do it. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that there now is kind of that clear mandate where like, you know, these are venerable institutions, you know, this, this sort of trend lines now, where it's like, okay, sure. You've been around for a very long time and you'll continue to be around, but you're going to look different. And it's now kind of like a very clear mandate for, Institutions to innovate and change and kind of keep up versus just sort of resting on your laurels. We've built it so they will come and all that. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's about time and it's a good thing, you know, that they're, you know, these institutions are needing to, you know, make these improvements to uh, stay competitive. Like you said, I think is just going to be kind of one of the, the taglines for, uh, for this episode.
1: This notion of the clear mandate, I, you're right. The clear mandate comes from the consumer. And the clear mandate from the consumer is saying, hey, listen, I, I'm actually willing to pay. I'm actually willing to go into great debt. But that's another issue. I don't think that we'll get into a second. I don't think there's any reason to have college debt. But we're willing to pay. But you've got to help me be more competitive in the marketplace, the employment marketplace. And you've got to show me a great return on my investment for engaging in you. So there's, so there's, so we just need to move a lot faster um, in, in higher education. And we need more commercial uh, leadership within colleges and universities. An example would be if I were a college president, I would pay my chief marketing officer at certain schools like I pay my football coach because modern marketing is so essential for college universities and many just don't have it. And in many ways, they're just not willing to pay for it because in the end you do get what you pay for. I'm not talking about paying for Google ads and things like that, which is important. I'm talking about paying for talent. Another thing that, I would, let's take this notion of employment. Many college universities will tell you that six months after graduation, 94, 95, 96% of our students have a job six months afterwards, which is true. Doesn't It doesn't matter what that job is. But when you unpack that, it's often not, not always a great job. But I would have a chancellor level employment czar of some kind at nearly every college university and pay them again, like I might pay a university or college president or a football coach, because that's why those, in in many cases, most cases, why those students are there. How do we, while they're, while they're at school starting freshman year, how do we help them be more competitive from, from the jump, if you will, from, from, from moment one, all the way through. That's the kind of commercial, I'm not saying those are the answers, but that's what I would do having been around, uh, like I said, Nearly a thousand college universities over the past thirty-five years. Spoken with hundreds and hundreds of senior administrators, t- thousands upon thousands of faculty members and students. Those are the two of the things that I would I would attack hard, and that is within the power of a college university president to do that.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a great sort of like you know our usual like call to action at the end. I feel like that's a good sort of like cue because I think like you know sort of cueing people into the idea of. To me, sort of the the takeaway is like you know your budget is where you live out your values. You know that idea of like where you're putting that money and in investing resources, which like for a lot of institutions are just going to get increasingly limited. You know if they are like tuition driven and they're experiencing enrollment declines, it's like okay, like where are we gonna put money into to sort of like try to press on the gas here a little bit? You know, like try to get things moving and growing, and you know maybe figure out what is and isn't working. But like you need really good strategies around talent retention and recruitment and all that uh and i i like that i'm seeing people in higher ed talking that way about like you know like you want good people and good like talent recruitment and engagement and retention in higher education because this is really important work and i think it could be really fulfilling and uh you know there's a lot of there's a lot to kind of the value proposition of working in higher education but often yeah they they a lot of colleges and institutions like will lose people because you know, they're, they're overworked and underpaid and, you know, different things like that. But um, I think also to your point, like the idea of like, for one, like bringing in people with kind of the right mindset to an institution, but then like, I guess if I'm hearing it correctly, and I'm I'm trying to kind of like, I guess set myself up for kind of segueing to my next question, but like, you know, recognizing where and how best to then work with like, partners as a college you know like who are we going to bring in how are we going to work with them to sort of help augment our work like i've just been seeing as sort of a byproduct of the last two years where there's kind of an like acknowledgement of you know it's like yeah i mean we, we can do a lot in-house as a college like we do have a lot of you know assets and resources and everything but like we 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 need help like we we need you know good partnerships to help kind of you know, sustain and stay competitive and, and all that. So I think um, that, that's just an interesting byproduct that. Well,
1: here's be. something you said that is really powerful, and that is the budget is where you live your values, live out your values. So let's take continuing education and workforce development. For many, if not most, potentially all, college universities, if they have a continuing education workforce development program, it's often the only part of a college university that is actually growing. So as you know, in the commercial world, when we see the growth that is happening within the continuing ed workforce development programs at college universities, we would pour, back to your point about your budget is where you live out your values, we would pour resources and energy and love into continuing ed and workforce development because it's making a big difference for the college university because they have a budget too. And more importantly, it's making a massive difference for the lifelong learners. I'll give you an example. My 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 son just graduated from University of Illinois, great school, straight A student, but he wasn't doesn't want to be a historian, doesn't want to um, be a, a teacher. What he wants to do is get into sustainable farming. So he took a couple of um, agriculture courses. So what's my point? So if they had an outstanding CMO, they may have an outstanding CMO at the University of Illinois, but they've never marketed their continuing education and workforce development courses to my son. And they have an outstanding school of continuing education like most great scholars and universities do. So what a missed opportunity to introduce their continuing ed and workforce development programs to, in this case, my son, but all the other great students at that college and university. And that's how you capture that, that mind shear for life. So Harrison had a good experience at the University of Illinois. But they'll ask him for 50 bucks in three years. But they didn't. They missed a massive opportunity to energize Harrison and have him take continuing education courses from their professional development programs and then do it for life. Be engaged with the University of Illinois as a metaphor for life. So, so many of those opportunities are just being missed. Yes. If I, when I talk to CE professionals or um, even um, uh, senior administrators on the degree side of the house, they would say, well, you know, um, there's, a, there's a separation between the degree and the CE and all these silos and all that stuff. You just got to take it down and a great commercial leadership would raise up continued ed and workforce development. And if you don't have a continued ed and workforce development program at your, at your college university, you shouldn't, you should do it right now. So one of the things that Modern Campus does is we have, we provide a Netflix or um, Amazon-like experience for the schools of continuing education workforce development. We have a, a SaaS-based software that does that, does it beautifully. So that's in part what Modern Campus helps to do. But it's really about this, to your earlier point, about trends. One of the greatest trends in edu- higher education is what's happening outside of the degree side of a college university.
0: Yeah. I mean, I absolutely agree. I mean, we've uh, spoken to folks on the podcast a few times about that space. I mean, it, it's, it's so important, like you said, just for the strategy, I think for institutions moving forward of, you know, growing the offerings and yeah, figuring out how are you going to connect with, uh, you know, your alumni of all ages, you know, I think sometimes it's either they're, they're doing no marketing or little marketing just to folks that they think, you know, maybe going to further down their career would find value in what they have. But, um, yeah, I think it is just going to be a huge part of the, the growth strategy and, you know, to engage, you know, alumni, but also just like a whole community, you know, like how can we kind of present ourselves to folks who um, yeah, yeah are, are looking for something different. But um, so, you know, all this stuff about, you know, that we've talked about in terms of, yeah, the, you know, partnering with external partners for sort of uh, supplementing and augmenting the work and, you know, all the things that kind of need to be done, I think, for, you uh, colleges and, and universities to stay ahead. You know, you all at Modern Campus have made some acquisitions uh, that I've noticed. It's pretty noteworthy, one of which uh, uh, a company called Presence that I've I've known about for a very long time. I've loved their work. So it's really cool to see them kind of uh, joining your team and sort of being supported in that way. But um, so, you know, with all that we've talked about, like, how do you see sort of like the way that you're trying to follow the trend lines or figure out, you know, how you can best work with, Institutions, I, I just feel like it's been very newsworthy, everything that you're doing to sort of like, you know, build your kind of portfolio and everything. Um, yeah, just how, how do you see what you're doing kind of factoring into your strategy moving forward?
1: Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, so uh, let's take presence. Everything that we're doing, whether we're as we continue to build upon the platforms that we've acquired or platforms we've acquired or will acquire are to your point, following the specific needs and the trends of college, universities and students. Let's take presence. So presence is a a co-curricular student engagement platform. Many college universities have hundreds of clubs and other sororities. So presence provides an easy way, a very personalized way for a student to find the right fit, the right place for them at a college university. So in the commercial world, one of the things that a good company will do is the faster that we can help um, new employees, pro- prospective and new employees get engaged and make friends and find a fit, the more likely we are to retain them. So likewise, the, uh, if a prospective student finds the right group for them. They're going to develop the social and emotional skills that they need to be successful in life. And they're far more likely to stay at that college, university, graduate, feel fantastic about their chosen institution, and then be an active alumni member for life and can contribute back whether through either financially or even more importantly through mentorship and, and creating jobs for, for, for graduates. So that's really what, what, why we acquired Presence. There's another business that we acquired called SignalVine. It's a two-way text messaging platform. We know that we all know that email um, is kind of like the new Blackberry. Very few people read their email religiously, even even those of us in the commercial world. I'm 56 years old. Most of it's all the work's done on Slack and, and text. And I have teenagers, and um, they read all of the text, but they don't read the emails. So we have this two-way text messaging platform that we've acquired that is the connective tissue across the entire platform. And it's a way for college universities, for example, to... Um, help students um, not only inform them through text, but help them understand what student success um, programs are available at that college university. For example, I was just talking to the system president, met with the system president of Miami-Dade, and they use our text messaging platform every day to remind students who go through, in their case, one of their um, more difficult programs is, is English. Um, so they, they remind students every single day through their texting platform, all the wonderful resources that are available to them for around their English program. So, long answer to your questions, but the we are acquiring everything that we are doing uh, follows the trend lines, follows the needs, and follows the pain points, most importantly, that college universities are facing and the modern learners facing.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is great to hear to how you're kind of uh, utilizing all these different things because I think, like, what's on my mind, and I think you know, you're already kind of way ahead of it, like with, you know, building up sort of this, uh, you know, these different tools and everything is that, you know, with the enrollment declines, like retention is going to be that much more important. And there's a lot to that. Like, I think some institutions are maybe like, yeah, you know, we have like a bunch of great clubs and all these opportunities for students to do stuff. But it's like, yeah, but I mean, if you're just sort of like, you know, setting them adrift and just sort of expecting them to like, you know, navigate. It's like some will, some will figure it out, but then there'll be others that sort of just are, you know, sort of wayward and not really sure where they fit in. And, you know, like you said, it's like, they just don't feel like they have that community around them to be supportive both socially and academically and everything. Then, you know, they may just sort of transfer somewhere else or drop out entirely, or, you know, just, just at least like not having a positive experience and not having that kind of affinity for, uh you know that institution and everything but um yeah i mean there's there's so much that goes into student success like the tools that are used just sort of the you know operating philosophies to to nudge and check in and just be you know as accessible as possible to students to you know give them what they need when they need it how they need it and all that so um that's really great
1: it's very powerful what you just said that uh about students just finding their way through a college university the reality is most don't they enroll in a community college or in many cases, um, a state school. And one of the reasons they dropped out is because they didn't, it wasn't financial necessarily, is they just didn't have the word that you just used, the experience. They weren't able to get engaged. They didn't find their friends. I'll give you an example. So I, I have four kids. I mentioned one just graduated from the University of Illinois. I have another at the Berklee College of Music. Then my third child, um is at the at Illinois state he's got parents who are from the higher education community i've spent 35 years in the in the in the community i am networked i can help him find his way around but in many cases he's just lost and he's doing well at school but if he didn't have someone in his ear he had that the gift of having you know parents who come from higher education in his ear every day helping him find his place that's just a one-off, but the, far, the vast majority of students, they don't find their way, and there's a reason why there's nearly 40 million um, adult learners in the United States and Canada who have some or a lot of education, no degree, because they and the debt to prove it without the degree is because in many cases, they didn't find that connection at a college or university. That's why um, tools like Presence are just so darn important, and this text messaging platform to help them find their way is just really important.
0: Absolutely. And so you, you'd you already mentioned before, and I think this is just sort of like a, an interesting thing to me with like, you know, you're going to building your suite of tools yourself at Modern Campus through like acquisitions and everything, but we're seeing so much of this just happening in higher ed in general with colleges and universities uh, joining forces and uh, working together either just in like, you know, strategic partnerships or sort of more straightforward, you know, earnest mergers and acquisitions and everything. But you were like, Saying, I think, was just like a very enthusiastic uh, sort of support that like, you know, that this is a good thing. So I think just like expanding on that of just like what you make of this wave of mergers and acquisitions right now across colleges and sort of like, you know, what that means for the field.
1: I think it's a it's a good thing. I've heard someone said once people, governments, relationships, institutions only change when they're on the precipice. So it is clear that for many colleges and universities they're on the precipice so when you're on the precipice you get all you get open to ideas real fast and typically that's where the innovation happens and in the end the consumer wins so i couldn't be more excited about what's happening with uh, some of the mergers and acquisitions but it's beyond that there are great innovations for example you have the indiana community college system for example talking to purdue global about how they share share students how they share courses, how they they adapt together. And so more and more, we're seeing this in some ways unprecedented partnership between community colleges and and their local um, four-year institutions without this notion of, well, if I partner with XYZ Community College, what kind of impact will it have on my brand? Those are natural questions, but if you just take the student in mind and what's the right thing for the student, ultimately all tides rise and your brand will be fine. So there has to be more of it and, it and it, and it has to happen faster. And it ultimately the consumer wins.
0: Yeah. And I think that that is just the, you know, the crux of it is that it's what needs to be happening right now for the good of the students. <laughs> Cause I think like, you know, if there's just like, you're, you're not seeing as many, just like colleges straight up close. Like you, I think you're seeing a few of those, but then like, you know, the mergers and everything and the partnerships does sort of like just expand, you know, or at least just continue the reach of colleges and has them just work, I think more smartly together. And, and education, I think generally just is such a collaborative space to where, like, I think we need to get away from the purely kind of like, you know, if I win, that means you lose kind of thing. Like if it is just like, Hey, we're a partnership. Like if you kind of pick up students and they study at your school, you know, as a community college student for a few years and we have a really clear seamless, you know, transfer agreement and those sort of things like works for you, works for us, works for the student, like everybody wins. So like, you know, just having that more cohesive net for students to get the education they need and have it be accessible to them, be a successful environment for them to study and everything. It is just a a good thing. And I think like does sort of like emphasize like sort of, you know, kind of the competitiveness like you said, like if, if an institution is not sort of in the place where they need or want to be. Then, you know, going through a merger acquisition can be something that's really positive so that they aren't they aren't just closing, you know, they aren't just sort of like shutting doors. And then there there are sort of fewer seats uh, for students to study at and everything. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely complex. It's 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 a you know, it's obviously just kind of a new thing, I'm sure, for so many people in higher ed. But I think, yeah, taking the right sort of like optimistic point of view with everything, I think, is is the right way, because I think there is just. There is a lot of potential there and, and just doing it the right way, doing it intentionally does end up, I think, you know, creating a better higher ed ecosystem for, for everybody.
1: No, no question about that. And back to your original, which I love, budget is where you live out your values. And uh, another example, you mentioned the transfer student. So if I were today uh, a college university president, without question, I would elevate, I would find a world-class CMO done. Then I would have, i promote someone to the a chancellor level to, to drive employment across our college university. Then I would have also promote, I'm sure many college universities already have that, but it would be, I would pay this person like my football coach. And that would be, I'm not using the right words, here are a provost or a chancellor of transfer students because they're so darned important. So if a, if a, if a student like my son, Liam, he went to Harper Community College. Did well, 3.5 grade point average, and guess how valuable that student is, Liam is, to Illinois State because he's proven that he can do college level work. So I would go after and hire just a world-class CMO, an incredible employment chancellor, and I would rise to the level of a chancellor level, someone driving and going after those transfer students. And I would make it so easy to transfer to my college university. It wouldn't be for, for qualified students, it wouldn't even be funny.
0: Yeah, I think those are very smart recommendations and and it is like, you know, in so many ways with a lot of those things are like, and I think mostly the transfer policies where like schools may kind of like talk a big game. But like, you know, when it gets right down to it, it's like, how does a student actually transfer? How do their credits come through? Like, how easy is that? You know, like where I think they're going to, you know, do a lot of the things that make it sort of you know, look like they are very welcoming and I'm sure they are to transfer students, but like, you know, when it comes right down to it, like, it's about like, how many credits am I going to carry over? And like, you know, what are your program offerings and just how it's sort of almost like the nuts and bolts of it works of, of, you know, going from one institution to the next. So I think, yeah, that idea of saying like, get somebody like at a high level that is, you know, uh, empowered to, uh, you know, give that the the time and attention and resources that needs. Empowered, but, yeah.
1: in, empowered to give them the Nordstrom experience, right? I love shopping in Nordstrom. Um, empowered to, to treat that transfer student like you would uh, uh, an elite uh, retail store, right? Make it, evaluate every part along that journey and make it wonderful. Make it seamless, make it easy. And any college or university president, they have the power to do that. There are certain things that are more complicated, as we know, but those things that I just mentioned, any college university president can do.
0: Very good recommendations, and uh, you know, we're we're getting towards the end here. We do also like to give the platform for other recommendations of resources that you might want folks to to check out, maybe on any of the things that we've been you kind know, of talking about here, or just sort of broadly um, things that are kind of grabbing your attention. Uh, so, yeah, stuff that we could uh, include in the show notes. Sure. Um,
1: Ryan Craig is, is pretty famous within the ed tech community. He's is an investor, venture capitalist. He's written a few books, Education Disrupted, things like that. So look up Ryan Craig for those who are investors, who want to become even smarter investors. Um, he, he does a, a really terrific job. And for those leaders within, whether they're academic, within the academics institutions or commercial leaders like me, um, read his stuff. It's really good. Um, I also like Brandon Busteed. I think he's been on your podcast. I look at, I, I read his LinkedIn stuff nearly every day. Brandon Busty is quite good. And uh, we have something called the Evolution. Um, Amrita Idoala is our editor in chief. And it's just a fantastic uh, publication. Um, so those, those are a few places to go ahead and uh, um, uh, dive into for those who are interested.
0: Yeah. And, and I'll clarify it just as like a manifestation kind of thing. I have not had Brandon on the podcast yet, but if you or anybody else could help make that happen, that would be incredible. Um, <laughs> Cause I, I do feel, Yeah. He's like one of those really great people who is like, okay, you just get it. Like you just have like the right point of view and just like some very good uh, perspectives and commentary and everything going on. So it's like, whenever I see people like that, it's just like, you know, you know, yeah, I've heard them speak and other podcasts and everything, and it's just like, yeah, I'd love to just have a little jam session for a bit, and you know, talk about okay, everything. We'll,
1: so we'll make that happen. That's easy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, then, uh, you know, we will we will wrap up there as we as we always do with uh, kind of giving you the giving you the floor. You've had some incredible uh, perspectives and recommendations and uh, thoughts already, but you know, we do just like to kind of tie everything up with a nice little bow here with a final thought or. Uh, call to action for the audience that you want to give on this topic to end the episode.
1: It's always just about great jobs and learning for life. So when we think about post-secondary education, yes, there is learning for learning and for learning's sake, it all adds up. It all counts. It's all important, but it is about getting students great jobs, real jobs, and preparing them for those jobs. That is our job. So listen, I really enjoyed time with you uh dustin and i will connect you to brandon
0: that's that's great i appreciate that but uh yeah just thank you so much for hanging out and uh sharing all you did we'll have ways to connect with you and modern campus and uh, everything you mentioned uh, in the show notes for this episode but uh yeah it's just great to talk with you and and to be connected with you so uh, just thank you so much for your time
1: it was a lot of fun dustin thank you for your time
0: thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek podcast.